It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You're listening to Screen Heroes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast, your TV and film podcast covering mostly superhero stuff like Marvel. And that's what we've been doing most of 2021 so far. We've covered all of WandaVision, and now we're in the middle of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier This week, we are talking episode five, Truth. So here we are, guys. This is the penultimate episode, as people like to say, as the finale is next week, or I guess later this week, depending on how you view things. Um, Any anything that we should talk about before we dive into the nitty gritty? That Shang-Chi trailer. Yeah, (laughs) thank you, Rachel. I was hoping it wasn't going to be just me. God, it looks so cool. Okay, first and foremost, I love Simu Liu. If you do not follow him on Twitter, he is one of the funniest people that I follow. He is so delightful. And uh, the actually, the entire cast of Kim's Convenience, like all of their Twitters are just amazing. So if you like good content, they have it. Second of all, that trailer, that teaser trailer, that poster, that was fun. Yeah, it the what I love most about it is that like had I not had it not had a Marvel logo in front of it, you probably could have easily you know just mistaken that this was not a Marvel movie, and I think that's great. That means they're mm-hmm. moving out of the genres uh, or like the, the cookie cutter kind of movies that they were kind of notorious for for the first uh, few phases. So it's been a huge complaint of ours that you know aside from a few outliers the majority of them tell the same story with the same bad guys every time yeah exactly and this one you know the the legends of this movie have been percolating throughout the mcu since literally the first iron man so it's pretty cool like this is this this has been teased longer than thanos basically and you know i Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. it. Everything I saw looks cool. You guys, if you watch this or listen to this podcast, you know I don't love like the floaty kind of martial arts choreography. 
Um, and there is some of that in there, which again, I didn't love, but it seems to fit into the story. So it helps that there, he's actually a superhero instead of it like just being an excuse to do wire work. Yeah, I mean, and the, yeah, it's not just a normal human that's like flying around at least. There's in story context. Yeah. And uh, I love that we're going to get to see some like uh, ancient Mandarin. Like Mandarin appears to be like the, the eternal kind of Raza Ghoul figure. Uh, of the MCU, which is really neat. Uh, I loved seeing the like uh, more Asian style tiger in that flashback that jumps next to him, um, like you see in the parades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was really cool. I'm really, I, almost everything about this trailer was just really neat to me. So I'm definitely excited. Yeah, I mean, just the idea of a superhero martial arts film is appealing in and of itself because I, don't think we've ever had that before from anybody. I mean, kick, um, oh no, kick ass! I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> that came to mind. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody has kind of merged those two genres on the big screen. So I'm really looking forward to that. It it does look you know really cool. The fight scenes, I, I like the wire work type stuff when it fits the tone of the film. Um, I, I like it a little bit more than Ryan, but I definitely understand that it can be overdone. So I. I also do think that it helps if these are super powered beings, then they could probably do things that you shouldn't be able to do in the real world. So that helps too. It just looks nice. It looks good. It looks tight. I'm really looking forward to the action sequences and these fight scenes. And you know, yeah, there's the scene with the bus that crushes all the expensive cars and stuff, but it looks like we're not going to see a ton of just explosions everywhere, which is what you get in most superhero films Mm -hmm. you know it's just a lot of explosions and well that scene though was like it seems to me like it's kind of a throwback to like uh rush hour and some of like the more jackie chan Mm -hmm. um the police police story police i can't remember the other the movies he did uh way before he was an american actor um super cop um those movies it was kind of a throwback to that with the way he was like using his foot to catch people and everything else that's what it came across to me so i feel like yeah it's not gonna be a lot of explosions but even that one it was an homage i thought so i i will say um i have my concerns of course i really don't want this to be a caricature of kung fu and um i I do think it's a missed opportunity to not bring Jackie Chan into this, considering it's the first Chinese uh, MCU hero that was. Well, Jackie seeing. Chan has a pretty terrible reputation in China. If you haven't looked into no, that, no, actually, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he's like I no clue. He would be. Well, I'm not going to use the term because we don't want to get political, but he would be a, a supporter of somebody we don't like, like the equivalent of that in China um a womanizer that's seen with very young women regularly like he's not very oh my god unfortunately yeah google it sometime so i'm i'm okay with it oh my god he is like pop pop over here like i know it made me so sad to find out about those things but yeah uh, yeah i'm okay with them leaving leaving him out that's crazy that uh you can have it in nowadays americans uh, don't know about it different 
reputations yeah yeah well because here he always plays the hero and he always is you know super personable and funny goofy likable character yeah exactly yeah he seems to never really take himself too seriously but he always takes the work really seriously and Mm -hmm. you know so he's always just portrayed this really positive image here but all that aside i think it's kind of okay that he's not in it too just because it doesn't ride on his shoulders at all it's not like you know he's legitimizing it in some way either because this being the kind of the first of its kind you know being the first superhero martial arts film i kind of want it to stand on its own because i think it can you know so yeah i think it's okay i'm super pumped for it it's gonna be awesome so uh along with the shang chi stuff they also announced today that olivia coleman uh oscar winner and Amelia Clark, the second best of, of who is Targaryen? No. <laughs> no, she's the best Targaryen. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the other one that we saw. Was yeah, she is. Uh, no, no, no. Are you talking about Terminator? Is that what you're trying yeah, to do? Yeah, the second Sarah best Connor? Sarah Connor. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure where you were going. And then with that. I remember that Lena Headey was also Sarah Connor. She so was she's the third yeah. best Sarah Connor. <laughs> I like Amelia Clark, but yeah. Thank where you were you? For... Where were you going with this? Uh they were cast in Secret Invasion. Not quite. Both of them are in negotiations and talks to be cast. I like well, making that distinction. It's an important distinction. No, no, no. It's important. Absolutely. It just goes to show that, you know, I'm an asshole for not reading articles and just <laughs> reading headlines. But that's the problem, right? Like we get all of these articles in our face all day long and something that's somewhat innocuous of person a was cast in movie a shouldn't be like a big problem for you to have to read into to make sure it's true but that's the case with both of these actors neither of them as of earlier today had actually signed contracts Um, anyway any speculation on who they're playing in secret no idea no i don't think me or Derek either has enough marvel knowledge (laughs) i mean secret invasion was a big event but it's kind of obscure for people that aren't like pretty big marvel heads so i don't know do you think there'll be scrolls or there'll be uh Cree or there'll be humans? I mean, I don't know. Yes. I like them to be scrolls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine if anybody is a scroll in the show, they're probably also going to be a human at some point, you know? That's fair. Ben Mendelsohn um, was for sure. Yeah. So I'm so excited to see him again. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I am excited about that casting. I do like Amelia Clark also. I think she's been great in everything I've seen her in. And, yep. uh, you know, yeah, I'm glad she's getting more work. You know? I wanted her to join the MCU. I was actually thinking she would make a fantastic uh, Emma Frost in the MCU's mm. version. That's interesting. Especially since January Jones is kind of like watching a piece of paper. <laughs> like she's Fair there. Enough. Fair enough. In, in similarly clickbait style news, we got the news that Michael Keaton is returning in The Flash. Everybody wants to say that he's Batman and he's donning the cowl, but all reports simply say that he's returning as Bruce Wayne. So while I'm very excited that he's returning as Bruce Wayne, it is not confirmed that he will be in a bat suit in the movie. Look, I don't need to see Michael Keaton so. in a bat suit again. Like, I'm totally fine with just like the bat suit being on display in the back. It would be cool to see him in the cow, but that's not going to like ruin the movie for me or anything. It's like, well, who cares? As long as I know he's Batman, 
then I'm good. And not just playing like some random guy. And that's totally fine. I just don't, this type of headline writing bothers me because it does get people's hopes up. We've gone over this kind of clickbait news articles before. We probably don't need to spend a ton of time on that specific fact, but yes, Yes. that has been going around and I'm excited that he's confirmed after that last bit where he said he wasn't signed on yet. So, well, that movie's been moved around a ton. It has officially started production, which is amazing to me that it actually has started production, (laughs) but uh, black Adam has also started production, which is another movie that's been in, kind of not development hell necessarily, but like development purgatory for, I don't know, seven years. Yeah. It's been seven years since they announced uh, Black Adam's casting. Yeah. They announced that before Shazam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. And Shazam 2 is filming as well. So DC's picking up some steam as far as production is concerned. We've got three movies currently shooting right now. So there you go. Uh, Anything else before we dive into our main topic? No, I think that's it. Let's do break. Okay, so this is your spoiler warning for all things The Falcon and the Winter Soldier up through episode five. Truth This is also your spoiler warning for anything that's happened previously in the MCU. It might come up, especially if it was in an Avengers movie or Civil War or anything like that. Those types of things are kind of fair game. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are talking episode five. Truth from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. Let's do this. Let's talk the episode. So spoiler warning. Remember, this is it. We're diving in. This episode starts off pretty quickly, uh, directly after the last episode, which is nice. I'm, I'm always a fan of, of that, where we now get John in a factory warehouse kind of place all by himself, seemingly before Sam and Bucky show up to take the shield for a super soldier he didn't seem to run that fast like you know we've seen (laughs) black panther um run at full speed and for somebody who's trying to run away from something he really seemed to run like a normal person so maybe he was just slowing down (laughs) from uh from a longer run who knows it's possible maybe he just wasn't sure where he was going you know because yeah yeah, i mean black panther in civil war is like passing cars (laughs) yeah yeah that's true yeah (laughs) And, and you saw them versus normal people in uh, in Infinity War, uh, you, you know, running out in front of the armies, him and Cap. Mm-hmm. So I could see Bucky keeping up easily and, you know, shot sure. with his wings, I guess. If they're jet powered, but. Yeah, I, I assumed he just wasn't sure where to go. 
you know, so he just like wasn't going full speed because he didn't know where he was going. Yeah, it was just a weird thing that stood out to me that that looks like a normal dude running, even though he has super soldier serum. It's fair. But what'd you guys think of this scene? There's a lot going on in here, uh, you know, between the conversations, the actual fighting itself, some of the symbolism and what happens in some of the fighting. What do you guys think? Ray? I mean, it, it, it was a interesting fight scene. I was actually pretty impressed with how much they made John Walker kind of hold his own. I kind of expected him to just get the shit beat out of him, you know, two against one. And it, I, it, he, he, the fight scene went on a lot longer than I thought it was going to. I actually found myself towards the end getting a little bored. I thought like the tension had kind of melted away. But when uh, he like broke the wings and snapped them right off, that kind of got my attention again. Yeah, I felt weird about the fight, too. There are two moments in the fight that that sell it for me, which is one is the wing moment where he tears off the wings. And the other is when they straight up break his arm, mm -hmm. uh, getting the shield off. Those those definitely kind of help redeem the fight scene. But it just yeah, it never really felt the same level of intensity that some of the previous fight scenes have had in this show. And like kind of the mirror to this is the Civil War fight scene with Bucky cap and Tony and you know maybe maybe I'm reading too much into that and it's not intended to to be similar but that one I just remember feeling a lot more intense about it even now when I rewatch just clips from it it still feels far more intense and emotional um even though I know none of them are really going to hurt each other really and in this anything could have happened so I don't know Ryan what is what's your take so I have mixed feelings about this fight you know i love some good choreography and and a lot of the choreography was really well done it, the way i really like the creative ways that they can use falcon's wings in these fights and that's yeah. something that's impressed me through this series because you know this is a character that hasn't really gotten much play but in fight scenes have been done a million ways but when you add a character that can like have wings pop out whenever they want and a booster on the back you really add a lot of extra like cool stuff that the character can do and i like that they're utilizing that but uh, like to Rachel's point, um, I had a problem with the fact that John Walker was holding out to these guys because, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about Bucky, who's literally a trained assassin that has been alive for how how old is he? A hundred or something? <laughs> like he's hundred and six. Yeah, he's literally had you know more time as an adult to train and everything else than like most of these people have been alive, and he was barely able to hold up to this, to John Walker with, with another person with him. And Sam has probably, I assume he's trained with Steve at some point, like in the Avengers compound. So, you know, he's probably, he should have better martial arts training than John Walker, even though John Walker's a military guy, they've never shown that he's like a fighter or been training in martial arts his whole life or anything like that. There's no reason why those two guys shouldn't have just busted him up. And I realized that it would have been a much less interesting scene if they had just beaten the shit out of him and taken a shield. But, you know, that kind it of... It wouldn't have looked too great, but the fact that it went on that long was just it was really long. weird. It did but come off like the airport scene in Civil War where they're not really trying to hurt right. each other. They're just trying to win, but not 
put it all but in. There's like no they're... reason for it to feel that way in this one. I you agree. know what I mean? In yeah. Civil War, there was a reason because they don't really want to hurt each other. In this one, those two have been itching to beat the shit out of that guy for a long time. Like, well, it... I don't know. I don't know that Sam really like before the fight. I don't know that Sam really wanted to hurt Walker. Bucky I think he did for sure. Sure, but Bucky wants to hurt a lot of people. So, sure, but, but he like, has the capability to. Also. So, yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, is even just one on one with you know Bucky and Walker, Bucky probably should win that fight anyway because yeah. they're both super soldiers on top of the vibranium arm and on top of all the other points you said. Then but you then, add yeah, in Sam. Also been training, you know, for yeah. that long, and he hasn't been so. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. And then you add in Sam, who with all of his abilities and all of his knowledge and skills. It, it definitely went on a lot longer than it probably should have. Um, it makes you, it kind of made me go like, why are these guys the hero of this series, the heroes of this series, if they can't like barely beat this guy? You know what I mean? Like, I understand what the series is trying to do and everything, but if you're trying to portray these guys as like powerful heroes, give them, it's, it's kind of like the flash where, right. He's as fast as the situation needs to be right in any given situation, but his power set is, should be well beyond what, almost anybody can deal with and these guys are way beyond john walker but they had to like nerf them down somehow but they didn't there was no explanation it was just they i don't know that was, we, it was a weird scene we had this talk last week i think where we talked about how just the idea of the super soldier serum is really inconsistent yeah power yeah. levels are all over the place all over the place you know, so it's it's hard to know because then you look back and you're like well i mean cap was able to kind of hold off thanos you yeah, know, and stand his ground. So if if Walker is that strong, then maybe Bucky isn't having as good of a time. Like, I don't know. It's it is hard. And Bucky has aged, you know, because he, he hasn't been awake for the entire time. That's why he's not as old as old cap at the end of Endgame. But he's been awake for a long time. So he's certainly not 40. He's got to be like 60 as right. As far as like awake time is concerned. So maybe he isn't as strong as walker i don't know it's hard to know because of how inconsistent it's been when you would think the vibranium arm would add extra strength on top of the super soldier strength too right like isn't that kind of the point of having a metal arm is that it's probably stronger than your you know your normal human arm you'd think so but i don't know yeah but, it i was, mean it, it gets was... damaged in this scene even walker damages but then Sure, but then that doesn't actually do no, anything because he's, he's recovered. Five, like every other time that the the arm has had something done to it, he has to like do that thing where he like rotates it all the way around and like cocks it or whatever <laughs> to get it working again. This time it like shows it malfunctioning and then he's fine when he gets up, mm -hmm. you know. So, the, you know, that, that, that to Rachel's point about it being too long, that could have been cut out and it would have made zero difference. Yeah. In the fight, you know. Ray, what do you think of the arm breaking scene or moment? I think... It fucking finally it makes sense you know a deterrent like this makes sense i'm actually surprised this is the first time we've seen bones broken before because to be completely honest it doesn't seem out of character for steve to do something like that in order to get his goal yeah. you know like it would be in character for just about any of the marvel heroes like it it's kind of a pet peeve in mind that some of these characters who do not have any power set like Zemo can take huge hits and nothing happens. Zemo took that shield to the 
face. He should not have been able to walk away with just an ice pack. Like literally there should have been a giant cut that goes right across it. And it, it, it would have been orbital fractures. Yeah. So uh, to your right. point about bones, not breaking the MCU. I just want to bring up end game cap, got his arm broken and then he tightened the shield around it. So it's not the first one, but yeah, no, it's it not definitely yeah. way more explicit. Well, yeah. That one, yeah, yeah, and obviously, like vision hurt Rhodey and everything, right. so you know, stuff has happened. It's just that was in the latter half of right. the entire, yeah, story. 20 some movies or whatever, yeah, right. And it's never been used in this way, right? When Rhodey gets hurt, that's like the sign that things went too far and everybody stops. Mm -hmm. And in Endgame, it was a moment to show how strong Cap really is mentally, emotionally, he not can just do physically. This all day. Right, exactly. Right. It's solidified who he is inside. That's the big, the whole point. This is like this signifies the end of the fight. It actually reminded me a lot of the um, Infinity War when everybody's trying to get the gauntlet off Thanos. It felt a lot like that mm -hmm. scene. Yeah, it really did. And it's a little funny because the shield in itself doesn't do anything on its own. It doesn't have any powers really, right? Except and, but, that it hums whenever you get close to it. So there is that. <laughs> or it, or someone picks it up just right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're passing it around like it's, yeah, like it's the gauntlet. Like somehow if you hold the shield, then all of a sudden... You have you, the powers you know, of Thor. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's just well, like, you know. There's the entire world in the MCU and outside of it now has uh, made that shield a symbol. Whoever wields it, whoever holds it, is in some capacity a captain america so when it is bestowed upon you it's a gift and when it's forcibly taken from you it's a reprimand it's a demotion it's an admonishment mm -hmm. so it like we can understand the symbolism behind it and the characters clearly do too. So it, the fact that it needed to be taken from Walker in such a violent and aggressive way is, <clears throat> it's not just a punishment, but it's, it's like a, you know, stay down kind of thing. And that's yeah. why the in credit scene, while it's only like 10 seconds long, is still incredibly powerful. Because he doesn't believe, even with the super soldier serum, that he could do something without a shield. Because sure. it is that symbol. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Speaking of symbolism, uh, you know, we get the next scene when they actually get the shield from him and Bucky takes it and throws it down next to Sam kind of aggressively. And then Sam picks it up and tries to wipe the blood away, but he can't wipe the blood away. And, you know, that's a that's that was a powerful moment for sure. Mm -hmm. This whole episode is uh, a lot of symbolism, yet uh, less exposition. And I appreciate that because you don't really notice it while you're watching. You notice it afterwards uh, when you sit and you kind of let the show soak in. Um, in this episode, 
especially when they're down in uh, Louisiana, Bucky is smiling the entire time. It's the first time he isn't sleeping on the floor. He flirts. And it just like the the small connection he has with Sarah is such a stark contrast to his date in the first episode where he was very guarded and cold and, you know, completely mentally checked out uh, thinking about the old man and not his date. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it just shows that falcon makes him happy and he feels like he's a part of them to a certain degree maybe he doesn't feel like part of uh wilson's family but he definitely feels safe in their company yeah before we get to louisiana though we do have another scene with um isaiah right that came first right I don't think it really matters if we talk what we talk about first. We've all seen the episode at this point. Right. So we don't Fair have enough. to do it chronologically. Fair enough. I just didn't want to get too far away from that because that's that's a pretty intense. No, I think we'll talk about that scene. I don't think there's any danger of us not talking okay. about that. Very well. Uh, I liked the fact that like the the fight scene was the only real action we got the whole the whole episode. And the rest of it was, I mean, compared to a lot of the other series, very slow more personal um, and lots of character development moments um, between these characters and and for them, for each one individually. And uh, yeah, I mean, seeing Bucky smile was great and seeing him, I loved the line about um, he's right-handed. So he doesn't always think to use his metal arm, you know, that that's, I mean, I don't, I th- feel like that's the more human side of Bucky because when he was a winter soldier, I'm pretty sure he always remembered to use that metal arm. But now that he's kind of, freed himself or with the Wakanda help of Wakandans you know been able to be free that he's now more like he was before and he is right-handed you know and he doesn't just use the metal arm to kill people constantly see I saw the other day a fellow movie critic like on our level has his own personal podcast you know uh he said that he could cut down Falcon and Winter Soldier to a two-hour movie and yeah, if you just want to take the action scenes and cut about half the characters, I'm sure you could. But the reason why I love these series is because we get those tiny little moments that we cannot have in the movies if you are not the absolute main character. And even then, like Thor's depression, it could be played a completely different way than you want it to be than mm-hmm. it should be so that is uh kind of my take on that like sure this could have been a movie and it would have been fun and i would have seen it but i really like the small moments i really do well that's the difference of like do you just care about the plot points and that's all that you care about or you care about these characters and seeing how they change and how they evolve throughout the story because of how the things affect them and some people aren't interested in that. And I, I I mean, I guess that's, that's their call. Right. And that's what movies are for, but But they're wrong. (laughs) It's not what what any of us want. We, we like our character development. We like, and that's why we like these moments. There's, 
There's one in particular that is super subtle that I didn't even notice until it was pointed out to me. Um, and that was in the training montage when uh, Sam is like kind of prepping to get ready to be, you know, this new version of Cap or whatever he ends up be, you know, being called. Um, and he's running. The way they frame the shot is he's running on the right, just like he did in um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when, you know, Cap would run up, you know, on, on your left and all of that. And it's a really great nod to a lot of different things, but specifically that call out of his relationship with Cap, you know, and where, where that, that kind of lies. Those are nice little moments. Is it detrimental to the overarching plot of New Cap? No, but is it important to the plot of Sam Wilson? Yeah, and that's what I want to see too. I don't just care who ends up with the shield. I want more. Right. Um, a member of our group, Zach and friend, and he has podcasted with us. He's part of our D and D group. Uh, he pointed out that the having his nephews say Uncle Sam over and over again will slowly change the point of view from uh, Falcon to Captain America and give it a little bit of American flavor to it. Yeah, it's definitely something subtle in there that uh, that makes it more interesting. Um, and at this point, it's pretty clear the briefcase is the new Captain America suit, right? <laughs> Because sometimes they're not so subtle. <laughs> this is, you know, yeah. I mean, it's I've I've seen some discussions on the internet, like, what do you guys think is in the briefcase? What, what do you, what do you? Of course, we know what's in the briefcase. <laughs> no, we just don't know exactly what it looks like, unless right. you look at the toy leaks that have already come out. In which case, you know what it looks like. Probably, be, yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, what else is going to be in there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and- I. You know, he gave the wings to Torres, yeah. Torres, who is another Falcon, and his colors are green and gold, and he looks so great. Look up Torres's Falcon. He looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. It should be interesting to see where that goes. But uh, is he another one of the young Avengers that they've? No. Okay. No, he joins the real team. And okay. Like, he's been following around. uh, Wilson this whole time like same thing he he just becomes Wilson's sidekick gotcha gotcha yeah. I wasn't sure he's like Red Wing Jr <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's it is it was a funny like kind of MacGuffin type and, and like chat says here back you know calling back to Pulp Fiction it was it was kind of funny that like he's carrying this around. we all know it's in the box we right. just don't like, know you know exactly what I find what funny about like. these Marvel series as we've seen them so far between this and WandaVision basically the entire sh- series is a setup for someone to get a new suit <laughs> but, but like at least now they explain why they can get new <laughs> right but does it really take like six hours of my life to explain why somebody has a new suit no i enjoy it don't get me wrong but it is weird that like now the two shows that we've had are both ending the same way it is it is really funny and i get it's like almost like the uh, the they, they like overcorrected. Daredevil. Remember daredevil they yeah. did that same thing daredevil did the same thing but we used to make jokes about how like cap would have a different suit in every movie like with iron man it kind of made sense because he's making technological upgrades but why does cap need a new suit in every movie <laughs> right and now they're like all right fine we'll tell you why <laughs> he needs a new suit oh my god speaking of which i just shared this 
a really interesting thread today in our Screen Heroes group. If you're part of the group, you should go check it out. It was all about these tiny details that uh, went into John Walker's outfit to make sure that everything about it was unsettling. It was it was pretty amazing how much detail went into it and how much uh, this woman found in this. You know what's funny is I have two different friends, one of which is a mutual friend with you guys, and they that both think that John Walker is really not that bad of a guy, and uh, and oh, that man. he's he's pretty okay. We'll have to talk about who that is. And, and they called offline. They, one of them called the other called a Falcon and Winter Soldier whiny bitches and can't believe they gave him a show. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna have to have that. Oh, I know who that is. But yeah, it's pretty easy to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, anyway, we, we've talked a little bit about the suit in the past because Ryan brought up the really good point about how the the new suit's basically devoid of of the color white. It's just red and blue. And because um, white that, represents kind of a purity and, you know, has it has representation or meaning behind that specific color. And Cap's suit had the white. Mm -hmm. Walker's does not have the white. Well, I, okay, so going back, I'm not going to out this person. I, I'm really not because it's just silly to me. But the thing is, John Walker isn't supposed to be the guy that is just megalomaniac outright villain. He's not one that you should be able to spot from across the room. He's not, you know, sinister mustache twirling tie this person to the railroad kind of villain this guy is gaston he's the town hero he's the one everyone's behind and until you see them unravel and then quickly he's abandoned and humiliated and then he comes back you know even crazier so that's that's the point is like he is supposed to be this person we put on a pedestal and when that pedestal is taken away from him, he's supposed to lose it. Well, the, this person's point was that, that, that he was just a guy doing a job and trying to do the best he can and asking for help. And those two basically just hated him because he's not of who he's not. Um, he didn't have any choice to take the, it. was like, you know, the government was the one that made the decision to give him the shield that was donated to them. And I, so if you've only watched like the first two episodes, I guess I can, that was, we, we talked about that, that they tried to make him a little bit of a sympathetic character initially, initially. Yeah. So I could, I could see that from somebody who's maybe only watched like the first two, two yeah. episodes, probably not the third one, but uh, you know, beyond that, it's tough to justify that. Well, especially I mean, at this in, point in this episode, when he is facing the senators, who gave him this position and now are making a big deal about taking it away because truth be told they are just as responsible and he says that he says you made me uh-huh so and he's not wrong no but he also again is kind of shrugging off any real accountability or responsibility yeah, he because at the end of the day he well, he took the super soldier serum. Okay, that's they problem didn't do number, that to him. number one, right? But he also, in broad daylight, in front of public people, streaming on the internet, brutally murdered somebody. Yep. And there's just no way to 
to to write over that like you did that man you you chose to do that nobody told you to do that that was not a mission objective you know and it's not even not that this would have really made it any better but it's not even the person that killed Battlestar a different person that just happened to be in the same group of people and so you have that on top of it and he lies to Battlestar's parents about this yeah this was the person who killed your son and like that's not even true so he has zero responsibility zero accountability for for anything that he does on the show at all whenever anything goes poorly it's somebody else's fault Mm -hmm. right right if it goes well he's the hero but if it doesn't go perfectly, somebody else did something wrong. But that's the exact same issue with the senators who are behind him, who sure. uh, did it. You know, like they're only making this out to be a big spectacle because they might also be uh, incriminated or interrogated about this. They might also have to undergo like, oh, well, did you not do a psych profile on this guy before you just gave him deadly weapons? Like, Well, then it brings into account, you know, gun control and things like that you start thinking about when you bring those things up, which absolutely. we probably don't want to get into on this show. <laughs> no. But that's, I mean, that's kind of the point why they just immediately were like, nope, we're going to save face. We're going to cut this guy out. We're going to completely strip him of everything he's ever earned and tell him to gtfo yeah and then we after the trial we get this interesting scene that we have to talk about who knew that julia louise dreyfus was going to be playing madame hydra because i did not so i mean she's not okay I don't think she's actually going to be playing that. Like she plays that character, but I don't think Madam Hydra is ever going to be like, a th that was like a super short thing. Wasn't it? Like that wasn't no. her title through all of the comic books. She was more like Nick Fury's foil. Right. Well, but a lot of characters in the MCU never technically get their name that they're known for. Well, I don't think she's working for Hydra is my point. Hydra, I, I think is gone. I don't think she's going to be Madam Hydra. I think she's going to be more like the evil Nick Fury now that's like bringing the thunderbolts together which i'm sure gotcha guys i would gotcha. love to see the thunderbolts it seems likely as i mean did you guys not get that vibe that she's like handing john walker the card and then the wakandans go to take zemo she probably has the capabilities of stopping the wakandans and getting zemo right. um and that she's going to give him a business card too or and... <laughs> like be able to bust into the raft yeah yeah, I did think it was funny stuff. that she was just using regular business cards. I appreciated that it wasn't some like little gimmicky device. Yeah, and I love that they were completely blank. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a she boss fucking move to just hand somebody a blank business card. I mean, look, I want this to become a big thing because I love her. I have been watching her for as like my entire life because I was a huge Seinfeld fan and and I've watched her ever since. And so seeing her in something like that's really in my wheelhouse. I'm just stoked. And I hope that she gets a really major role. And if you've something. ever seen Veep, she can play that smart, bad person vibe. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. this is basically a, a the same character as uh, Selena, but not as... Uh, I guess hidden about the fact that she's bad, <laughs> but she is like she's already the boss. Whereas in Veep, she's like desperately trying to become, you right. know, uh, is kind of the point. Yeah. I, so I'm just I was floored. I was stoked. There is nobody on this planet that guessed that that 
is what the cameo, not the cameo, but what the reveal is going to be. There's no way. Not me. No, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, I agree. And there's no, I mean, the only people that knew were the people that got screeners. There sure, was one sure. leak that was, there was a leak on Reddit that's, that was accurate. They guess they named the actress and the, um, and the, the role the she was playing. But uh, that same person has also posted supposed leaks from Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie. So it's okay. interesting that, that that person gained credibility like overnight, and which could have been a total guess. That would have been a random ass guess, but I can't. No way. Yeah, I don't believe that that was a random guess. Somebody knew something. Somebody slipped up and told the wrong person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I couldn't help myself but read the Spider-Man leaks. So now I kind of hope it's true. Nice. <laughs> Oh yeah, we didn't talk about how Alfred kind of like spoiled a bit about about the movie. Oh yeah, that was funny. I don't think we need to get into that, but yeah, yeah. it was still funny though. Um, yeah, so she was great. It's great to see her. I I really hope we get a lot more. Um, I think she's going to be similar, like I said, to Nick Fury's role. So I don't think we're going to get a ton of her, but I think we're going to see a little bit of her from like. It's. it's I, I would be surprised if there wasn't like a post credit stinger next episode that was her like breaking Zemo out or like stopping the Wakandans and taking Zemo. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's pretty likely. And they, and since the, since the cameo has happened, they've said that she was supposed to be revealed in the black widow movie originally, which means that she's probably going to be, I'm guessing going to taskmaster or something. Oh, somebody nice. Um, that was her supposed to be her initial debut, but they had to change that because of uh, the COVID sure interesting interesting that oh, may might help explain it yeah but it kind of explains why they were pushing black widow so hard trying to desperately release it because it did tie into stuff we didn't know about that's yeah. interesting of course it did well like, i just as a prequel it's there i just wasn't sure how much it was going to impact you know yeah i definitely think it's leading to thunderbolts and so i'm pretty excited about that or there might be a post-credits thing of her like meeting up with thunderbolt ross Right. I'm still convinced that somewhere he's going to show up because in the end credits, there's like a thing that has his name in it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know how they have these little splash pages of stuff and there's yeah. like a, something of, of his in there. Mm -hmm. So it seems really random to throw his name in there if you're going to have no connection to him at all, you know? True. So I guess we'll see, but yeah. I do expect there to be, if there's not one, maybe two post-credit scenes, one of them relating to him. Since WandaVision's bait and switch, uh, you know, with Evan Peters, I just don't know anymore. <laughs> well, that whole show was kind of about being a bait and switch. I'm just kidding around, so. but uh, yeah, that's it. That's interesting stuff, though. I mean, we'll we'll see. I guess we'll see. Of yep. course, we still have, you know, Van Camp, who uh, I, you know, we still don't know exactly what her deal is. She's just kind of around. Yeah, she had one quick scene in here where she was hiring somebody for a quick job. Batrock. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. I mean, it's, it's a really randomly random scene. I feel like it still has something to do with like that, that other plot that they dropped and had to cut out. Yeah. Because yeah. it, that was a really random scene in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, but I still think that she's not the power broker. And partially because in I remembered that in episode two, I think it was episode two, uh, in Madripoor, or when they're walking up to Madripoor, Zemo says, or talks about how he's met the power broker and refers to him as a he. 
So, I mean, unless Sharon Carter's like hanging out in a dimly lit room and like using a voice changer that makes her sound like a man, which I'm not saying is. Or they're going to or it's another bait and switch like Iron Man three and the Mandarin. It could be. Yeah, I mean, they've lied so many times. Zemo, you know, like years before this was even a thing. I got to say, like, I almost do not care who the power broker is at this point. Yeah, Is it going to make any difference, really? His, hers, whoever's storyline is so little compared to wrapping up Walker's, wrapping up Carly's. Like, they've got other things to worry about. The power broker, I'm fine with him or her just being a vague, like, nebulous kind of threat out there until later. Pick that up later. I don't care. But they have to resolve Sharon in this show. I don't think that they do can they? at this point. I feel like they have to give some sort of resolution to it. They can't just like set up her storyline and then just leave it because where else is she going to show up? What the upcoming season? Show? Okay. <laughs> I mean, read the, did you read the article that said that uh, Loki is the only show that's coming out this year that they feel like could get a second season? I, I, I did read some of that. Yeah. But I think that might have to do with the fi- finale not being out yet and they don't want to spoil anything for people and they have plans. And again, it doesn't have to be called the Falcon and the Winter Soldier season two. You know, it can be called any number of things. You know, it's just like, you know, WandaVision's a limited series. Sure. Cause her and Vision are done, but the adventures of Wanda could certainly be a show in a couple of years. That's a continuation of her story. Same difference. It would be called Captain America and the White Wolf. Sure, that's fine. Just saying, doesn't matter, right? It's, it's going to follow if, if it follows the same characters. She could show up there again. I just I don't know that they will resolve it. I don't know if they have to resolve it. Well, they can't. Maybe not resolve it, but they do have to like wrap it up in some way for this this season. I think they can't just like let that character just dangle after the after the things that we've seen. It would feel incomplete. I'm saying, you know, you have to have at the very least some sort of ending to the specific arc. You don't have to end her whole storyline or anything, but just resolve that Sam's trying to get her out of Madripoor or whatever. Like it doesn't even have to be a big thing, but I don't think they could just leave that thread dangling. They just need to kill her off. Her character is <laughs> so damn too. boring. <laughs> damn. <laughs> I want to like her character too, but the way they're utilizing her in this show right now is a little odd. And yeah, it's hard to like feel anything like- about her other than like meh. It's just very obvious that she has not had a plan from the beginning. She has been, you know, secret agent, love interests related to like Peggy's niece and Steve's niece. And, you know, now she's like weird Madripoor art Operative. broker. Got it. Art broker. So Black market art broker. Yeah. It, she doesn't really have like a huge storyline that needs to be finished to be completely honest like there's no giant payoff in the end where she walks out in the sun kind of thing it's just you know get rid of her you don't know what you're doing with the character i just think it would be poor writing to just like not touch on where she's at at the end of the series is all fair enough based on what they've set up that's fair they have a lot to do you know obviously everything is coming to a head we've got you know carly and all of her people have made it to new york city because everything has to happen in new york city uh, for the climax of whatever it is 
Um, and so they're all there now with their weird zombie people. Cause that's what it always looks like to me. It never looks like anybody is voluntarily looking at a message and being like, yeah, let's go do this. It looks like zombies. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but that's what it looks like. Um, and then they Walker have, is in New York. Walker's presumably. making his new shield. And obviously something's going to have to come of that. Do you guys so, think he's going to spray paint his suit black? With the red stripes, like just change yeah. the blue to black, like his comic book version. I mean, or he might he might have to have a new suit because I, like, I know they keep talking about returning the shield, but I would imagine he'd have to return the suit too, right? It's military Maybe. property, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You know, I mean, if they I, do return the suit, he's going to have to have a very similar looking suit. So I would think so. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Sam's going to have his new suit, and I assume. Bucky's going to try and resolve stuff with the old man from the beginning of the season because this episode alludes to that a lot. And it would, that, again, would be weird for that never to come back, you know, because that seems like a pretty big deal. Um, and then he's going to have to meet up in New York, too. So a lot of people have to get to New York. <laughs> yeah. So I think before we go, because, you know, we're it sounds like we're kind of wrapping up doing our our final thoughts. Uh, we really should talk about the Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Scene. I agree. That is a incredibly powerful, incredibly depressing story. Um, With some that, relation to like real life, unfortunately, yeah. historical events and things. A lot. I mean, we don't have super soldiers, but we did experiment on people as a, as a nation. And we did give black people injections that were uh placebos and told them that it was something some cure or vaccine for something well tuskegee they were given syphilis mm -hmm. yeah i mean there was a lot of relation to real life that was very depressing yeah yeah it, it's a really intense scene uh he is a fascinating character i wish that i i didn't know about the the comic series that focuses on him uh until very very recently and i, I wish i had say that i got the uh name wrong in an earlier episode when i talked about it it's actually just a recant it's called truth red white and black mm. so i think i had the words mixed up I, I wish i had known about it before because i just i just didn't and um it's just a very it's a very interesting story because it shows you know it's, it's not with dc comics you get a lot of elseworld stuff Right. You know, like uh, Red Sun, where Superman crashes in the USSR instead of in the United States. And those are fun little fantasy theories about what could happen. But this is very much a real show of how different people can be in the exact same situation and get completely different results. Yeah. Right. In the same world. Right. With the same resources, with the same people in the same country, in the same military during the same war. And I think that's a much more powerful story to be told because it shows that contrast that separates, you know, what, what, what privilege is, you know, cap Steve Rogers cap, that is, you know, was always the hero boy once, you know, once he got that serum, right. He is the hero. There's even when he breaks the law, he's still pretty much beloved and a hero. And, um, Isaiah didn't have any of those advantages at all. Um, even though he was just trying to save his own people, 
you know, he wasn't even trying to to do anything else but save his own people. So it's it's a very sad story. Isaiah's story is even more tragic in the show than it is in the comics. They adjust it so that it almost mirrors Cap's story completely. And um, in the comics, he was in the prison a lot less time. His wife was still alive when he got out. So they, they did their best to really make Isaiah uh, a horrible mirror of America's treatment of Black individuals. So it's, it's just, it was heartbreaking watching that scene and everything he said felt like they, they weren't going to pull punches Mm -hmm. that, you know, they were going to be as completely honest about this as they possibly could in a fictional world. Yeah, it was a powerful scene. I mean, you guys pretty much said everything about it. Um, I hope we see more of the character, probably not in this show, but it'll be likely, maybe likely in a Young Avengers show or whatever, however they end up hand- handling that since his uh, grandson, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Becomes uh, a hero. Um, so yeah, when Eli Bradley becomes the Patriot, which I'm sure they're leading up to at some point or another, maybe if this does get a second season or a continuing series or something, but I... I truly believe that it's very likely he'll be recast, unfortunately. You think so? I do. Any particular reason? A name recognition, to be completely honest. Like, gotcha. I, I think they'll find somebody about 10, 15 years younger than Anthony Mackie, but similar build and things like that, and a bit more name. Like, mm. Maybe they'll look to the current YA group, like Fair younger enough. actors on Riverdale or something. Teen That's Wolf. Anything else about that scene that you think is worth mentioning? Um, I do appreciate that they he didn't actually say what it did that got the scars because just the horrifying look of it you Mm -hmm. don't need it to be said you know for a fact that more experimentation than just injections were done on this man yep i did think it was funny that that falcon carries the shield around in like a symbol bag Mm -hmm. it's like uh you know we all know what that is bro like you're not hiding anything (laughs) you're not protecting the shield because the shield doesn't need protection like is right. it just so you're not as flashy? Yeah. I carrying around a giant leather bag. Like, it is not any less flashy, really. I don't know. Especially since people recognize him regularly. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so they know. They're like, oh, that's Falcon. I wonder what's in the shield-shaped bag. Right. <laughs> Could know? it be? <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's not While just the government is guy. looking for this shield, you know, it's a little weird, yeah. Yeah, you would have thought that Walker would have told all those senators, like, dude, I don't have your shield anymore. It was stolen off me when they broke my arm. You'd think he would have mentioned that. You'd think. But well, I don't know. I I'm not quite sure if he wanted to admit that because the entire 
part of punishing Walker, you know, humiliation played a part in it too. I mean, that's why there were TV crews there and it was Yeah, he didn't want to admit that he'd been beaten. Exactly. Yeah. So I can imagine that like just saying he lost it or something is bad enough or, you know, the fact that they still think he has it and he's just not giving it up. Well, it's interesting that it was her name Contessa. Yeah. Uh, she knows well, that Contessa is her um, title. Okay. Well, it's interesting that she knows that he doesn't have the shield because the only people that were really there for that were Bucky, Sam, and John Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that type of stuff. And Nick Fury is the same way. It gets a little tropey because they know everything all the time when they like, and there's no explanation. Well, it may not be that she witnessed the shield get stolen. It may be that she's been keeping eyes on Walker since that day and the uh, hearing. So maybe she yeah, just knows that drones. it's not with him. Maybe they had drones following him or satellite imagery of him yeah. walking into the building with the shield and then them walking out with it, you know, later or so. You know, it's, sure. it's a little weird, but yeah, that's yeah. that's fine. Um what what else do we have here so yeah they they fix up the boat that's really nice and cute that's it's got some really fun stuff i really liked all that um him i want i am flirting with uh sam's sister was great or like yeah. giving her a, like a smile uh-huh. uh, i was like ooh, sam's got a new brother-in-law <laughs> <laughs> I do like their their heart to heart that they have though before the big training montage when they're just they're you know, throwing the shield around because it finally shows how they kind of need each other in a way, you know that neither of them is quite a hundred percent without Steve, and they can rely on the other to help fill that void and they kind of need that because nobody else really understands what they've been through what they're going through. Right. Family can want to be supportive. Family can do their best to, to, to be to be there and try and help. But they don't they didn't go through it. They don't really see it from that perspective. They're really the only two that can relate. And I like that they finally reached that understanding and that kind of mutual respect where the playful hating is now gone. And now it's more like playful banter. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, talk about the amends uh you know things like that was pretty great and Mm -hmm. you know seeing sam kind of get to be a counselor again and uh you know bucky you know in the very beginning when bucky is asked if he's having the nightmares and he says no to the therapist but then when sam asks if he's still having those nightmares he says all the time or i believe he said that he said something along those lines every night every night yeah yeah. but some implicate same implication but he yeah that it was he's opening up and trusting more and uh, yeah so that was that was a really pertinent scene also yep that we would have missed had this been a two-hour movie mm-hmm. the training montage was great though i loved like the whole like it was kind of rocky like you know the way it was filmed uh, so yeah it was great i like that he had to learn because you know using a shield like that shouldn't just be second nature to everybody and that's kind of how we've seen it portrayed a lot of the time because we've seen a lot of people use this shield i mean even natasha uses the shield in a in a couple of, of moments and so to see that sam has to really practice with it to to understand how it moves and how to catch it appropriately and all those types of things that was nice and seeing the way he catches it versus the way steve did and versus the way bucky does 
mm-hmm. um, is interesting too, since he doesn't have super soldier serum to aid him in the uh, ability to catch it. You know, he has to like ca- absorb the recoil a little more than somebody with a super superpower would. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good, and it was kind of a funny. Uh, not not bait and switch that's too strong but like a mislead in the trailer because they really cut it to make it seem like sam was like burying the shield in a tree so a lot of people thought oh sam does get the serum somehow and like that's not really at all what happens no trailers man they lie to you it's true they lie so this is it guys we've got one episode left for the season for the series, maybe we, we don't really know. We have no idea what's going to happen. We imagine there'll be a lot of fighting in this one. This one's probably going to be very action packed with some very heavy emotional moments. I'm going to bet big time that they bring back that Bucky and the old man thing, for example. What what do you guys expect? Is there anything that you think is a guarantee? Anything you want to see? I think we're going to see Captain America Falcon, obviously. We're going to see Black Suit US Agent. We're going to see... Uh... A stinger, like I already mentioned, a Thunderbolt stinger, some sort of tie in there. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really know. And I don't really know any of those. I'm just guessing. But other than Captain America Falcon. Right. Well, I just hope that they don't resolve Sharon's story just <laughs> for spite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then I'm going to spend half an hour in the next episode complaining about how they didn't uh, give her any kind of a send off. <laughs> There's a weird thing in the credits that says uh, Sharon Carter will be back. <laughs> <laughs> Just at the very end after all the stingers and everything. Yeah. Oh, all. man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. No, I, I don't know what I want them to wrap up and what I want to see continue on. But I just, I get the feeling that we're kind of done with Zemo for this series, but Zemo lives on in other things. And I get the feeling that that may be the most we see Julia Louise Dreyfus in for right now. Uh, I don't know. I don't expect to see either of them in the finale. Maybe she'll be in a stinger, you know, in a post credit scene, but that would be the most I would expect. Um, I do expect pretty much everything that Ryan said. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what this battle looks like. I will be, I'm really curious to see if Sam is able to really maybe talk to Carly again, and maybe they have to team up or something against Walker, uh, and realize that they're, they're two sides of, of, of a similar coin. And then you're going to run into the problem that we talked about in this episode where, well, now you need two super soldiers and Sam to beat Walker. That, well, I think there's more to it because there's going to be other people involved. Yeah. That yeah. is a fun situation because Walker, Falcon, and Carly are all similar people that, you know, could have been each other with just a, a completely like one small turn at some point and they could have had a different uh a different setup and i think that's 
one of the things I really like about the way they're handling things here, and we mentioned a bit, a bit about this last week with Zemo, is that we're not really dealing with supervillains in this show, right? It's not Red Skull who wants to take over the world with laser weapons. These are people who are complex, who are multifaceted, who are very gray. None of them are all bad, but but a lot of them do a lot of really bad stuff. Carly and Walker are bad people, but Carly starts off trying to fight for a good cause and she takes it too far and starts killing innocent people and starts justifying the killing of innocent people and talking about you know, you know what it would be symbolically to kill certain people. Um, and then she does. She kills Battlestar and, and sets off Walker and you know, now she's plotting right in the center of New York. So we get to see her downfall too, on top of walkers, you know, she doesn't start at the same level that Walker does. Cause Walker starts as this big, you know, war hero. Mm -hmm. She kind of starts already on the outs, but we get to see her downfall too. And I think her and Sam are much more alike than, than Walker, because I think Sam, Sam really understands what she's going through, what she is, what she has gone through. And he gets why, She's willing to do what she does, even if he disagrees with it. Whereas Walker's kind of just an ass most of the time. <laughs> I mean, really, like I, there, maybe there's a more elegant way to say that, but he is. It's true. Yeah. You know, like Carly being pushed too far is her people dying, her people being evicted from their homes, their resources being, you know, withheld. Walker being pushed too far, you know, was being beat up by women warriors. They weren't even yeah. super soldiers. Right? Exactly. That's that's his takeaway from that scene. Right? So, you know, their priorities are pretty jacked. Now, I mean, yes, he's trying to avenge the death of his friend by the end of last week of the previous episode, but that's he's already taken the serum at that point. He's already on that path. You know. Yeah. So. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, guys. Any final thoughts? I've given my final thoughts, I think, twice now. So yeah. just checking. I don't want anyone to feel like they they didn't get to say something. So this is it. It's the end of the episode. We'll be back next week to talk episode six, the finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we are Screen Heroes. You can find us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter or screen-heroes.com for all of our links. Please consider joining our Facebook group, the Screen Heroes Podcast Forum, where we have spoiler threads, news, memes. We have lots of really awesome conversation in there, so please come talk to us about that. Thank you to everybody who joined us live. We live stream Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on our Facebook page, so you can come and chat with us live during the show. Otherwise, you can stream us on our website, or you can find us where pretty much all podcasts are found thank you so much everybody i am derek you can find me at the star trek dude on twitter ray where where can people find you i'm at siren ray on facebook instagram and twitter and ryan where can people find you at buster props all right thank you everybody again we are screen heroes we'll catch you next week Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. 
online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.